Yeah, so no wedding for you. Band breaks up. Well, yeah, no, no wedding, no wedding for me, but for everyone else, which and is then, great. Um, I mean, I hate weddings, so yeah, I have so many of them for myself that I feel obligated I should go to other people's just because. <laughs> but um, yeah, like around that time, like uh, was two, like the end of two thousand five, uh, which is I think was the last show in December and up in like uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, going into two thousand six, that's when I decided I was going to move into uh, owning a business so that's when i spoke with my brother mike and i said i think i have enough money to start a comic book store and um he was like absolutely and i was like i'll cut you in on it if you help me run it and um i'll front all the money and because i was barely doing anything with the band so i bought and opened uh brooklyn monster factory in park slope in it opened in april of 2006 and was it just um, strictly comics yeah it was was no it was horror movies and toys and uh we had some music stuff in there it was comic books toys and uh, a lot of t-shirts like comic book tees were really getting trendy at that point like 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 this is before the big movie crush from marvel so that would be coming up soon with uh, iron man but um that's like i loved comics i was you know i i was making a good living my marriage was kind of weird. It was like kind of in a weird place because and my this, this wife was number two. Yes, my second wife and my wife had sort of ingratiated herself into my band. Like, um, you know, she was someone who was like a fan of my band and more, she was friends. more than you, more than way more than me. And like, <laughs> she, you know, I, I, even though I had a really good like regular career and we lived in a really great apartment and we had a really good life and, um, you know, it, it just, she, I could tell like she was disappointed. I feel like she was disappointed because she thought she was like marrying this dude from a cool band. And then she befriends everybody's wives and girlfriends in the band. And, you know, it was just an awkward thing. So I knew like, as my marriage was kind of going over the edge there, like by the summer of that year, like that was going to be the nail in the coffin for the band for real. Cause the band and, wasn't and, actually broken up. And like being in a band is like, you know, for people like you and myself that understand that's a big identity piece, you know, like, uh, when it's gone yeah, when it's <laughs> yeah i mean i started late i didn't really start playing in bands till i was like 27 so that's weird right oh so you almost so you almost got out that was awesome you should have yeah. kept it that way <laughs> you know like i i started you're, you're right though i started late yeah but it's like that identity where you're just kind of it's like holy shit like what do i do now well that's why i had the store and i really liked the store like the store sort of became like like my you know, a lot of guys at that age, like get a red sports car or a mistress or like a dog or whatever. And it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to open this store. And I, I had no business opening the store because I had, like I said, I had a really good job. And my wife and I were going on these like elaborate vacations and we're hanging out with Vince Clark and his wife and doing cool stuff. And uh, even though the band was kind of dead in the water, my life was awesome, you know, but I, 
I think my it was almost like an, another ego move. It was like, well, I'm going to open this business and I'm going to do that instead. And, you know, and I'll show you like to who I don't know who I'm talking to. Did, but. Did, did you give it any thought? Like, because I, I don't know much about like that world, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, like maybe, you know, like back in the day, that's what we all wanted to do. We wanted to open up a record store or a comic book mm. store um, and or a baseball card shop. <laughs> but like all these things like have this expiration date it feels like are comics like that or not so much well now is a tricky time because of covid and you know the push to online books but in 2006 the movie boom was happening and it was definitely trickling down into books okay so you were about to have marvel was literally about to carry hollywood up until like today you know like this was coming yeah. And uh, that was one of the big anticipations. And there were some cool things happening. Books Walking Dead, the comic had just started, which was a, a beast. The Boys, the comic had just started, which oh, was wow. a beast. I didn't know it was that long yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, and that's 2006. So, um, so that, and, and the conventions were starting again. And they went from like a, a, one day of a third of the Javits to four full days and the entire Javits oversold. And so, yeah, comics were becoming a big deal. And the t shirts were getting very trendy. Like you started to see like like these Silver Surfer logo on a T-shirt and, and guys in bands were wearing them. And I also had the connection to the bands. So uh, the clothing company Pitchfork, we were, we were friends with from the hardcore scene. They helped us out with getting their – we had their clothes in there. We had other bands' clothes in there. And then it became like a hangout spot. Like I had like – you know, Luke Kohler was always in the store because his studio was near there and he was friends with my brother. And I had Purcell in there from uh, – from bold and in youth of today um somebody else from gb was in there walter schreifels came in there i had caputo come in there it was like it was a hangout spot oh caputo um, went in there too <laughs> oh yeah he went in there yeah he we went in there to try to sell his cvs and then he said i gave him a fake phone number and i was like keith i, I would never give you a fake phone number like what are you talking about he was just so high he didn't understand what he was talking about but it was a, it bec- like brooklyn monster factory became like a place to hang out in like, oh, that's so cool and so you literally had people from the hardcore scene just coming to hang out all day and watching like Japanese horror movies. And like we would play their music and then we started, you know, putting like MP, maximum penalty for MP. I'm saying MP like people know. Maximum penalty and sick of it all stuff in the store. Um, you know, so, and we got a lot of help out too, like from Black and Blue, Black and Blue. We like the only like store that wasn't like in the city that was allowed to sell tickets for the Black and Blue Bowl. So the connection to the hardcore scene specifically changed everything for that store like in every way shape and form like it was 1000 percent. it became like a place if you were a band we knew you you were going to come and hang out for the day i think we're actually in one of the black and blue videos for the black and blue bowl okay. uh, the um one of those years uh some of the guys from marauder and my brother they they go to the store and they hang out in the store and it's like actually really cool so we got so much love i'll never forget that like that was just tremendous you know the the love i got from that so like when the guys in the band when i was like yeah i'm getting divorced like literally in the same day i told the guys in the band i was getting divorced they quit the band the same day Hmm. like like half the band i was like i'm getting divorced like yeah we're not want to do the band anymore like oh what a coincidence god that's weird (laughs) huh yeah half the band was like nope we're quitting and i'm like oh Okay. And then they ended up all staying friends with my ex-wife. Yeah. Very strange. So, um, so that was, that took up a lot of my life at that point. So that was like 2006 and my brother was playing a ton and you were playing all the time. So we would like, you know, have passes for their shows and flyers and stuff like that. It was a great time. It was a great, 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 great time. Like from 2006 to 2010. 
That's when it, um, it, that's how long it went. Yeah. Like 2011, like we sold the business and my brother was really pissed that I was selling it, but I, I worked at, I was an analyst at Lehman brothers. A lot of people know this, but I was, I was, um, that was my job. That was my real job. And then the, the global bankruptcy happens and Lehman is like the catalyst of this global recession. And I had a staff of people. I would, I would, I would hire people I knew from like the hardcore scene or like people from the music scene to work part-time. You know what I mean? Because I knew I could trust these people and it didn't always work out that great, quite frankly, but I felt comfortable with that, you know? And, um, and like, if you, that, you know, I, and I, I helped a lot of people out. Like I have 1000% did, um, and I, cause I wasn't doing it for the money. Like I had a real job and that real job kept that store open when the recession hit for the last couple of years. That was all me just paying money. That was like the 2008. Yeah. Well, I, that was like a bomb went off. It well, was like, yeah. Boom. Cause like, I, re- I remember the the movie, the big short, cause I, I missed all that. Cause I wasn't in that world. But, uh, you know, when you watch that movie, you're just like, Oh shit, the big short. Like this is, this is what yeah. was going on. I got PTSD from seeing that movie theater. Like my wife um, had to like calm me down. Like I actually had a panic attack because they they have, they have a scene in there where they it's, they, it's supposed to be Lehman's floor, which by the way is all bullshit. That didn't look anything like Lehman. Uh-huh. But um, the IDs that they used were the real, they looked just like the real IDs. I still have my Lehman ID that I got from 2000 and it was green and very specific and they're using it to get in and out. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the real ID. Like that's what the ID looked like. I call me shit. So that was, it was like a tough thing to swallow, like getting rid of the store. But during the end of that time period or in the middle of that time period, Sick of It All put out a big record and Maximum Penalty put out a big record. And these are two people I'm hanging out with a lot in my real life. So Joe Affy asked me, hey, you know, we're going to play a bunch of festivals. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, and I, so I got to go with him while they were playing some pretty big high profile shows like Black and Blue Bowl and This Is Hardcore. And then Sick of It All plays this huge show at the Gramercy with MP for their record release. Um, so I got to go do that. I got to go hang out. But, you know, I was just hanging out. Like I was like, I guess you could say I was roadie but I really didn't do much. I just kind of hung out with I, Joe, helped him pack yeah, up his shit. I, I know the roadie. Like usually like when. You know the gig, yeah. yeah. When you, well, when, there when there were certain times I did stuff. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, like when your like friend plays like the Paramount and he's like, oh, all right. He's like, you're, you're my guitar tech for the day, which means nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, well, yeah, I could never be a tech, but like. I did merch for them at like one of those big um, United Blood Fest in Virginia. That was a crazy show. Um, I did do the merch and I, but that was as close as I was getting to music at that point. Cause I was selling the store or like kind of fading myself out of the store. My ex-girlfriend was running the business and I, you know, shut down, I think did um, a big reunion show uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. I forget what they call that show, but it's the tsunami fest. I think it was the first yeah, year yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. That was like the blood for blood reunion and all that stuff. So I was like popping up, you know, and I was also getting very healthy. Like once I sold the store and like I got past the bankruptcy stuff with Lehman Brothers, I, I got up to almost 300 pounds. So I was always like around two, 220. You know, I'm like six one, not even six, six okay. one. Yeah, so you, yeah. yeah, I'm like six and a half. But like, <laughs> you know, I went from 220 to 279 during that time period. And I was like a 40, I was like a 42 inch waist smoking constantly, like packs of cigarettes a day, drunk constantly, um, like constantly. I mean, and my version of drunk is like, I'm out till six in the morning at a seven 11, you know, after like 30 Guinnesses and like two packs of cigarettes. Ah, and then so I'm you, getting you were, up. you were definitely putting them in then. <laughs> I was in bad shape. I was in bad shape. I, um, it was bad. And like, 
there, there were very few people in my life that would kind of call me out on it because I had a great job. I had a great apartment. I had a good girlfriend, like everything else is fine. But then I just started to feel genuinely very unhealthy and I knew I had to make some changes. So the, I just, I stopped, um, I stopped eating like the way I was eating. And then I, you know, that would it immediately took a big impact on my health. And then I was dropping all this weight and I ended the relationship I was in, you know, I was living with somebody for a while and I was like, I'm just going to go out and have a good time as a not fat guy who doesn't, you know, have a work two jobs anymore. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to go on these, you know what I mean? I was like, no, I'm yeah, just going to be yeah. that guy. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, once you get back in shape for sure. And you, you're, oh single. yeah. And I just turned, uh, I think it was 40 between 40 and 41. Yeah. And, um, I went down to about 177 pounds. Wow. And, and, uh, but I was still smoking, but you just, it, it just, but my, my jet, my, my clothes, like I had to throw out my socks and my underwear. Like I had to throw every, my coats. I gave baskets of clothes away to Goodwill. Cause I just, I couldn't wear anything. I couldn't wear like hats that I used to wear. That's how much weight I lost. And, um, That's I was crazy. in some crazy relationships. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. But I was like, but the thing is, I, I had a good job. I had a good apartment. I had, I was getting up at five in the morning working and then I would come home and I would run prospect park. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, or at least like do something active and cut my food down. And, um, and then I would like meet girls and like hang out with much younger girls and go hang out. And where do you live? Baltimore. Okay. I can go there. You know, yeah. live, Detroit, not yeah. a problem. Like, you know, I was, I was, I was on a vaginal tour. Yeah, 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 for sure. That was the, that was that was a vet, my northeast vaginal tour. Every, every day is like Sunday for you, for sure. Oh, for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was great though, but I was awesome. But I was like, I was. I remember a bunch of women at my job were like, um, "We think it's time for you to find someone your own age and calm down. Like you lost weight, you seem like you're happy. You don't have the store. You're not in bands." And I was like, "Well, what? How do you do that? Like, I don't even know how you do that." I mean, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I ended up in a long-term relationship with somebody uh, that I that I met. And um, in that time period, Joe Affey calls me up. He's like, do you want to do lament? And I was like, uh, yeah. It was, I was like, sure. And he's like, we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to play like some shows. And you know, I don't know if we're going to record or write, but if that happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I was like, yeah, I have no crazy expectations here, like none. And then we started doing that um, in like 2013, 2012, 2013. And it was a lot of fun. It was me, him, and, and two people uh, that I never played with before. We had got the original guys from the seven inch together there for a bit and played some shows with them. And um, it was fun. It was like, it was never meant to be like, we're going to go to yeah, Europe. Yeah, no, for you know sure. I mean? Like, it's just like, it, it's almost like what I do, you know, like we, we you know. Yeah. We basically, I mean, not so much now, but in the normal, you know, last year days, like, you know, play a couple of local shows and, you know, make a record, stuff like that. No, you know, just kind of like a, it's like we practice more than we do anything, you know, it's just fun. to. Yes. And that, that's, yeah, I, I know the vibe. Um, we got to do some fun stuff. It wasn't like, you know, I, I think we would have liked to have done more. I, I don't, I think maybe there was some expectations of you should get on this big show. And I'm like, and no one's going to ask us to play those shows. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, we're not that kind of band, but um, Joe always has MP sort of in his rear, in his periphery. So I knew that, you know, MP breaks up for like a year, but they always get offers to go big, play big shows. And, 
you know, I knew that was coming too. So that wasn't an issue for me because I, that's the way it's been my whole adult life is that we'll do this for a bit and then you'll go and, you know, play these big shows with MP. And Joe also goes to play with Harley. I don't know if you know, he's in the, the he plays with Harley uh, oh, I didn't know. in the Chromax. Oh, so even, yeah, he, so like with Rocky George? Yeah. Holy yeah. Joe, yeah. Joe goes to Europe with Harley. He's like one of Harley's uh, short list of people. He doesn't do, he doesn't do everything with Harley, but uh, he didn't do the he didn't do the garden he didn't do that that uh, the metal the, the whatever, but yeah he didn't do that but he went to Europe with Harley like he's that's just something he's always done he's he'll work with like Billy Milano and Billy would do MOD Joe would be like the guy he would call to maybe do a tour or something okay. and so he's always doing that and um, you know I I actually to be honest with you I had more fun hanging out at those shows than I did really playing again because. There's just no pressure when you're like when MP's playing with Sick of It All at the Gramercy, just and hanging. you're yeah. you're just yeah like I'm getting we're just getting sandwiches and like sitting in air conditioning like <laughs> you know, in the back. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's to me. It's like wow, this is great. I have no responsibilities. This is yeah. I, I, I would get some of these shows. I would just get so fucked up though. It's just like oh my god, I would be destroyed by like eight or, o'clock at night. Or also like a singer. I, I don't know if you were this way, but like you know, like I felt like I couldn't scream. Like if we were playing last. I can't like scream over the music because whenever mm. I do, like by the time I like, by the time we play like midnight at some fucking dive, it's like I, I could barely speak, let alone sing because, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I, I have such a weak voice. <laughs> well, you have a very high voice. So you like for you to get in your range, like you, you start out right like, bah, 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 yeah. like that. you're right there in the beginning. Like there's no you're not building to that. Like no. you're blah, you're right up in there, like almost like a high C a kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and 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 so I noticed that about you too. It was much worse when I was in synthetic because you could still smoke in places. Oh my god! And and we all smoked. Yeah. So like, if I was on the road with them for three or four days, four of the five guys are perpetual cigarette smokers. Yeah. And uh, you know, by the time I get to that first show, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. When you're watching you know? like those old TV shows or movies, like everyone is just smoking everywhere, like everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. matter where. It seems like the smaller the club, the more the people smoked. It was just the strangest thing. Like it was, I even remember that when we were out west, and I was just like, the air is so thick, you know, and the humidity, and I was, I was dying. But he, I couldn't find like a hot cup of tea anywhere. Like I was just like, because it's, it's 113 degrees. It's summertime in Arizona. Why am I getting hot tea? You but know he, I mean? even like on a plane back in the day, like it's like, oh, a smoking section, non-smoking section. You're like, yeah. Like it just didn't even make sense. But it was like, ah, whatever. We'll just throw the, like the. Maybe the smoke yeah. won't make it over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I often wonder like how much like my voice is not in the best shape and my hearing is way worse. But I often wonder like had I never did that, you know, and if I would have lost that weight at thirty, and and quit smoking, you know, um, I quit at forty one. Uh, if I quit at thirty one, what kind of an impact? Like, how would how differently would the band have been perceived if yeah. I was one hundred and seventy pounds in great shape and living very well and not you know drunk and high like all the time and fat and like a, a, an obnoxious person you know what I mean? interesting. yeah yeah that's an interest yeah maybe i who knows you know um well, it, well yeah it, it, it was it, it, it's something i think about man i mean i really do because it's the combination of my how i looked and also how i acted it was just like i think all the, of it was bad. i think the acting is definitely more of like the, that's like the more the more of the detriment for sure because you know if, you, if, if you're off-putting when people meet you it's definitely you know th this thing is you know how it is it talent is 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 one thing but man when you're nice to people and people want to help you they're just yeah. like, ah. it, like, that's such a big part of it, man. It's like, ah, you know yeah. what? 
It's like I don't really yeah. like I don't really like their music, but they're super cool. Let's throw them on the show, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, and that I think that that is a real thing. I definitely oh, it's I, real. I think huh. I people that liked me, I benefited. I benefited from people that I was really nice to. You know what I mean? And people benefited, you know, that were nice to me sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, 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 at one point I was booking, we, I was booking most of the shows. So I, if you, I could get you to play with us at Continental or Brownies, you know what I mean? Or Sine or whatever the hell was at the club at the time. Like I can get like a Friday night from Continental. Like I could book the whole show. And in the beginning, they were all winners. Like, but as soon as you hit that one stinker, it's over. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. Just, it's, it's it, at that time anyway, because the clubs were competitive. So it was like, oh, Synthetic 16 is going to headline, you know, on the 27th. Who do you guys, how, you guys are going to book all the bands? Yes. Okay. Oh. Uh, you can book all the bands. Always. That's what we do. We we had a long run over at Matchless in Brooklyn. Shout out, mm. shout out to Artie. Um, and uh, like we, you know, we'd come out from Long Island, you know, and we'd play there maybe like once a month. But I would have to book the bands because it's like I knew who who would fit there and who would be the best. Uh, and that was just fun, man. It was a great run. I actually saw some of the footage of, of you guys playing the Continental with some stuff up on YouTube. You guys? Did, oh, is that right? Yeah, you guys did. Uh, that's when I saw the Far cover because you guys did Mother Mary. Oh yeah, that Water and Solutions is funny. My brother Kevin were picking him up to drive him to Castle Heights, and he used to get tons of free stuff in the mail. And he was like, "Got the CD? Don't like it? The guy sounds <laughs> just like you." And I go, "What?" And he goes, "I don't really like it that much, but I have to say, this guy sings just like you." Yeah. And we put it on in the car, and then Pete and Adam are like, "This guy does sing like you." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, if I was good, like yeah, you know." Yeah. And especially that record. Was, that record's amazing. Yeah, it's a beast. It's it, it to me. It's um, it's like the moon is down. I don't know if you're a, a moon is down guy, but like those two records symbolize a lot of things I wanted to hit in my musical career. No, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Moon is down. who's? Oh, okay, okay, okay. For oh, yeah, this right. is the Chris yeah, yeah. Carabo right yep. before he goes into the solo. He, oh, uh, yeah. Seminal record, dude. I mean, it's just a brilliant. You would be all over this in two no, seconds. I know. You'd be like. It's, yeah, you have to know because it's very it's just, in the it's in the stratosphere of, of the kind of stuff you and I play. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those must have records. The way people feel about like Glassjaw, which not really my band, it's not something I like that much, but I don't dislike it. Sure. Uh, but Water and Solutions, I will never forget Kevin in the car, sitting in the front seat with Pete, going, "I don't like it, but you'll probably like it." And then Pete <laughs> was like, "This is great." And of all the songs to cover, I wanted to cover um, uh, the system or or um, a uh, Barry White, yeah, and they were like, "No, Mother Mary," and I'm like, "Oh, it's just because they're like, because it's just fun. It's just fun to play." And I was like, I, "And we played that song everywhere, like all over the like all over the fucking country, like it seemed like." And I was constantly playing it, like I it was always in our rotation, and most people didn't know who it was, so they just presumed it was our song. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get it, yeah, for sure. I mean, and and that was like their kind of like semi-popular song off that record but i think yeah. hearing from what i know of your voice now I, I think barry white would have been the one. Oh my god we, I, I wanted to open with that every show i was like can't yeah. we just open with barry white like we would do it in the studio and um they were like no it's not our song i was like can we just open the show with barry white let's yeah. like <laughs> i love when bands do that i don't know about you but um the one time i saw um social distortion okay was when they were like super hot they, it was like white light white heat white trash okay 96. and yeah and this was they did a show at roseland with um degeneration and h2o and it was an awesome show just fucking amazing show and they opened with under my thumb yeah and i'm just yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. That, you know and they did that a lot i heard yep. like they opened under my thumb a lot yep. i'm like 
they have a five, seven albums at that point. I'm like, and they're opening with Under My Thumb. Yeah, and they do a great cover of it too, man. It's it's, it's awesome. It's, it's it's theirs. It's like their. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's just it, he plays it, and he he's so, like Mike Ness is such a big Stones fan. Um, so for mm. him to cover that is just like I don't know. They it's sometimes people cover songs and it sounds exactly like the band, which is fine, but they made it a social distortion song, so it makes sense. And I'd probably seen them do it. Um, you know, because they, I feel like they've had the same set list forever. Every time I see them, oh, yeah. oh, do they really? I haven't yeah. seen them. I only saw them once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Anytime I've seen them, you know, he, uh, they're one of those bands that like has like they don't stray from like the the popular songs, you mm. know. Um, but yeah, yeah good well, stuff. When I saw um, me and my brother went and saw Marcy a couple years ago. Marcy opens with an Elvis B side. Wow, from like King Creole or something, and and then this is Morrissey now opening with a, a an obscure Elvis song. Yeah, he could do whatever though. He's got such a. But that's what I'm saying. He can get. Yeah, he could have opened with like you know, oh Mickey, you know, from the the the, the cheerleader song, and it would have been fine. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. He he just has that type of fan base. Doesn't even matter. Um, but moving forward to the rest of your life, I I, I know that you know later in life, um, you know, podcasting became a thing, and I don't know much about wrestling. But when we started talking, you, you know, you were in you were on a show called Wrestling Soup. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I don't know, just build me a bridge to that show. So my brother, Kevin, uh, Kevin Castle from Castle Heights is one of the first wrestling podcasters. Like he's one of he was written up in Rolling Stone. He was on a UFC show uh, talking about CM Punk. They played him talking about CM Punk on the show, mm. you know, uh, because he was doing wrestling hotlines and wrestling was always like, if you're like a hardcore guy or a comic guy, wrestling's in there somewhere. Like it's just, it's, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, not, for, I, I mean, maybe the, then again, I'm not a hardcore guy, but, uh, yeah, like growing up, like, like ECW was big out here and I feel like, oh, yeah. right. It was like, just oh, that God, connection. Yeah. yeah, the hardcore scene in ECW couldn't have been more perfectly intertwined. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you have a guy like Kevin Gill, who owned a record label, yeah, the hardcore yeah. scene, who's now a, pro, a, a huge figure in pro wrestling, like enormous podcasting, and he does commentary for a big company called GCW. So you know, these things were always there. And CM Punk, I mean, Jesus Christ, CM Punk was a hardcore guy from Chicago. Um, he was at the black and blue ball on stage when he was the WWE champ. He was like just standing on the side of the stage watching Gorilla Biscuits. He was just like, <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's just so strange, you know? Um, so yeah, so Kevin always had this podcast uh, called the Don Tony Kevin Castle Show. And it was like one of the first shows to get like a million downloads in wrestling. And for people that don't know, like wrestling, it might not be as popular in TV or in popular culture. It is super popular on social media. Like it's tremendous in social media. Um, that's why The Rock has what, like 200 million Instagram followers or something like that. Yo, the Rock thing uh, is, is fucking bizarre because, like, when you think of, you know, growing up, we saw like No Holds Barred. We, you know, we saw uh, They Live with Piper. All these wrestlers that tried to like make that transition, and it just like, I kind of feel like it fell flat. And then The Rock comes along, and he's like the biggest star on the planet. Yeah, he is the biggest star in the world. I mean, I don't know that you could say there's a bigger star. He's probably the biggest star. And like, you know, they're, you know, CM Punk's not like a star star, but he talked his way into UFC without even being a fighter. That, oh, that shows you the cachet. Which ki- <laughs> which killed me, but God. Yeah, it was sad. I didn't like watching it. I felt, as a, as a guy from the hardcore scene and a comic book guy, I'm just like, I have no joy in watching that. Like, that made me feel really sad. Yeah. But also, um, like Jericho, look at Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho you know, was a pro wrestler whose dad was a hockey player. And like, he was a metal head. Yeah. Metal band. Great, great podcast too. 
Yeah, he's a great podcast. He's also like his band sucks ass, but he's from a personality <laughs> standpoint, he's he's a character. That's the thing. Wrestling has very character. You have to great. Be very now I can't get him on the show, John. Thanks. I'm sorry. He knows. Well, we, we, we've fought before. We've had arguments in the past. Okay. Um, I said he looked like Nathan from South Park, and it went almost went viral. Like a oh. fat kid who from South Park who has the the guy Mimsy who has yeah. the sidekick. He yeah, looks yeah. like Jericho. That's what Jericho looks like now. Yeah. But um, but I'm just saying, like these, uh, the the um, the spillover was always kind of there. You know, entertain. It's entertainment. It's acting. It's comedy. It's athletic. It's hardcore. Whatever. So Kevin has this huge show. And the real story behind this is kind of really odd, but so my, our dad dies in 2014 and it's just awful, obviously. And I move upstate like two weeks later and I've never come back. Like I never moved back. I'm still up here. And my brother, Kevin was like, Hey, if you haven't listened to my podcast in a while, which I never listened to it. Um, but I lied and said, I used to listen to it, but I never did. He goes, there's so many people saying all these, like, we did like this tribute to like our dad on there. And I was oh, like, oh, wow. that's weird. Oh, really? That's nice. And I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. So, cause my dad died and then their show was on a Monday. So the co-host, my brother went on, my dad died, like I think on, a, on like a Tuesday. And then my brother went on this Sunday. So, um, I'm, I'm watching the show and then I, I'm listening to it and it has a chat, but I'm not in the chat. And then I go on YouTube and I'm listening to older things and, I'm seeing a lot of, this is my first experience with this, mind you. So bear, bear with me here, but this is 2014, but I'm seeing like a lot of negative stuff, like a lot, like, fuck this guy, fuck you, you suck. But I'm like, it's not a lot of it, but just by seeing, like, I'm not, I don't, it, it's going to sound a little strange, but like, I didn't know like that was a thing, like just shit posting, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, for sure. Anonymous shit posting. I'm not in band. I'm not really. I'm on the internet. Just like listen. When you first make, see it, it's it's def, You're like, whoa. You're like, <laughs> it was shocking. Why would you waste like, your time? I, <laughs> yeah, and I and I actually said something to my old my older brother, and I was like, God, all these people hate Kevin. Now, mind you, hate Kevin. Meanwhile, Kevin's getting like you know fifty thousand downloads a week. So obviously, nobody hates Kevin. But in my mind, that was the thing that kind of put me at pause. So then I start listening to the show on the regular, and he has other other guys on the show they're on a network essentially and um the other show is called wrestling soup and one of the guys on the soup was on kevin's show and he was really funny so i was like let me download that show and i'm not even really watching wrestling i'm just kind of watching it sporadically when i'm when i'm when i have time and their show just killed me like you know my brother's show was great and it was very successful but there was something about their show because it reminded me of like like the Howard Stern show or like come town or familiar with come town, but like, it reminded me of like, like an irreverent, it wasn't really about wrestling to me. They made it like okay. wrestling was like in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So after listening to it for months and months and months and months into 2015, I send the guy an email and I go, Hey, I'm Kevin Castle's brother. Um, I love the show. I would love to, they had a Sunday version of the show called the ship box where they would take calls. So he gets back to me right away. He's like, hey, do you want to come on the shit box? And I was like, holy shit. Like, I've never even been up. Like, what do you do? How does this work? Like, what is were, like, were you not listening to podcasts at the, that time? No, I only listened to Kevin on like YouTube gotcha. or like I listened to it on his. Like, I didn't, you know, I just, I would go to the webpage and listen sure, to it. Yeah. I didn't even have the app. So I would go to the webpage and listen to it on the webpage. So this is 2015. And I do the shit box on by phone, by telephone. And, um, I was like, this was funny. And I was telling funny stories about like when me and Kevin would go as a kid. So they asked me to come back on. I go back on in like a month. And then a month later, they asked me to go. So it's like this slow buildup to come on. And then they asked me to come on the main show. 
And at this point, they were like, yeah, but you got to go through Skype. Uh, you know, nobody on the phone. If you're going to go on the main show, you got to be like in the, on the Skype call. So I was like, okay, yeah, great. And I'll never forget their shows are on Thursdays. Um, they were at 930 at the time. And they were live in a chat. And right off the bat, I'm in the chat. And I'm like, who the fuck is this asshole? This guy sucks. He's Kevin's brother. Fuck him. Fuck his brother. Fuck their family. Fuck. Yeah. And I was just like, da, 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 da. But now I have a little bit more, like, um, I, I've seen it. So it's not a big deal. And then as time goes on, they were like, hey, do you want to be a regular on the show? And I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing to me. Like, you know, this sounds great. And the show was always about the two co-hosts, but they started incorporating me as a third person. And then I would fill in when one of them couldn't make it. Or if Kevin, uh, if he couldn't do his show, I would have Kevin would come on with me. And it became like this fun, fun thing. And I was never looking at the numbers. I, it didn't really matter to me, like how many people were listening to it. Well, what was and, the, the whole uh, gist of the show then? Like you guys like would review whatever happened? Yeah, it week? was like whatever happened in wrestling that week. And then a lot of it was like internet stuff. And a lot of it was like shit talking. Like, you know, like wrestlers get in trouble a lot. You know what I mean? So it's like so-and-so got arrested, you know, that sort of thing. And then pay-per-views, like the big pay-per-views, they would have like these huge shows with major like you know, tons of tens of thousands of people would listen live at that point. So they asked me to come and start doing the pay-per-view recaps. So this is what I was doing for a couple of years, like a year or so. And then they come to me and they go, listen, we're going to have to make a change. We're going to have to start charging for some content because it's very expensive. And I was like, okay, how does that work? You know, again, I don't know about Patreon. I'm, I'm really green about all this stuff. And I was like, well, do you think anybody will sign up? I'm like, well, we hope so. And then, like, right away, they get, like, over 700 or 800 people to sign up for Patreon. That's crazy. And, and it's, like, you know, a lot of people doing more than five bucks. And the numbers for the show were, like, a download, like, 30,000, 40,000. And I remember I got into an argument with somebody about something. And they were, like, oh, you think you're caught shit because your show does, like, oh, like, two million downloads or something like that. And I was, like, no, it doesn't. And then uh, I asked Mish, the guy, and he was, like, yeah, like a million five. And I'm like, so wait, a million point five times a year people listen to this fucking shit? Like, I blows my mind. As a yeah. guy trying to get 30 yeah, yeah. people to a club, dude. No, for sure. You Believe me. Yeah, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir there. <laughs> and, and then, like, because my name is John Draper on there. Where did that, where, where did that name come from? That's an easy thing. So I do the shitbox and they call me John. And Kevin's brother. It was like, hey, uh, Kevin Castle's brother, John. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm not fucking Johnny, Johnny Castle. So I'm not going by that. So they were like, yeah, you can't, you can't use your real name because there's a lot of weird people and it's like oh, a global okay, audience. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, um, it was something to do with John Hamm because John Hamm is Don Draper. Okay. And John, John Hamm is a J O N and I'm a J O N. We're not John. I thought so. It's I not, thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a play on the fact that Don Draper sounds like John Draper and John Hamm is a J O N. And um, whereas he has a huge penis, yeah. I act like a notoriously huge penis. Huge penis. He's a he's a legendary coxman. Yeah, like he is. Idol. Yeah, <laughs> legendary coxman. I mean, like you can't have a better like. Yeah, we're yeah. the same age. It's very like, except for the fact that I have a face like a foot. We have a lot of <laughs> parallel things going on there. We're the yeah, same right. age. Isn't it unfair like to just look like that and then have a huge dick? Like you should have either or. Yeah. I used to watch Mad Men with uh, multiple ex-partners, oh. and they all would just look at him with the same look, watch the TV, and I was like, this motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you weren't looking at Christina Hendricks? 
I was always looking at Christine Aaron Jones, right. always. <laughs> January Jones could suck it. So that's what that came from. But then like it, it got very weird. Like I would get people would, I would just talk like a person on there and I would tell music stories and, you know, stories about when I was hosting corporate events, which is a thing I did for a while, like in the intern of like between opening the store and going to the podcast, I was a, a corporate host for my corporations that I worked for. So I would have these huge parties um, and we would raise money for like Leukemia Lymphoma Society, like the night. Are we uh, going to get to the Zach Coleman. Braff right now? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, that's where the Zach Braff story comes in, uh, which actually is also a Nick Lachey. So in seven hours, I almost fought Zach Braff, little, a uh, big pussy and um, Nick Lachey. Oh, I know. Zach so Braff is in seven hours. Pussy. In seven hours. So, but I, but people would like start hitting me up on personal things. Like, Oh, I heard what you said about something. Uh, and like, it would be weird. Like people would get like divorced or they would find out they had cancer or they, and they would like hit me up and I would just like have like regular conversations with them. So I was building a lot of loyalty with the fans, like a lot of loyalty. And then I would get into like, you know, we would get into fights with other shows because our show was very irreverent and we were not, we weren't trying to get jobs at WWE. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get on WWE television, you know? Um, so I'll say what I want. I'll insult people. I don't give a fuck. And then we found out a lot of other wrestlers were listening um, and then we found out Andrew Yang was a fan, uh, believe it or not. Oh. Uh, we used to li would listen to the podcast. Um, so it was like, it was, we had this great fan base. Um, but like this year in particular with COVID and there was like a story that broke in wrestling, didn't really get a lot of national attention. There was a lot of like sexual abuse going on in the UK with women. And we did a whole show about it. And at the end of that show, I like looked at my wife. I was like, I don't think I want to talk about this shit anymore. Like, I don't, there was something about it. Like did you... I was already thinking of doing a comedy show. I didn't I wanted to talk about anything but wrestling, but there was something about this particular story that really bothered me. Like, were I, you guys I don't like know. spinning it in a, in a comic way? No, we weren't. No, we, we were like in tears on the oh, air. Like okay. it's probably one of the most downloaded programs we've ever did. I actually, people asked me about it. I did a UK podcast in the afternoon. And they said they actually replayed it with a whole round table of people from the UK because they couldn't believe that we were doing this. They just couldn't believe it. And like we, we were reading women's stories like from the UK who were like underage women who were molested by wrestlers wow. and promoters. Was 13 years old, 16, what? 15 uh, men. Some men were molested. And I, you know, and Joey, uh, Joey and Mish, the guys who were on the show, I was on the phone with Joey at that night or the next night. And we were just almost like, I was sitting on my back steps. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. I was like, I just, I, I just don't really like this culture. And the wrestling culture got very like in a rush to become very social justice-y. And, you know, it's like, the you would worst. say like a woman sucks. Yeah. It was just yeah. the worst. Like that creeped in so deep. And we were fighting with other podcasts. Yeah. And that, it was that's just, where, that's I, where the fun leaves usually. <laughs> the fun was going, yeah. you know, but the view, but the listenership was solid. And I remember asking one of them, hey, what if we just did a comedy show? Just stop talking about wrestling. And one of them turned around and said, well, there goes 75% of the audience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because again, I'm not the numbers guy. I don't, I'm not in, I'm not a part of the business side of it. I'm a glorified third party. So like, I didn't have... I didn't have to buy the equipment. I didn't have to pay for the host network. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's easy. You, you were the, you know. yeah, you were, you were what I wanted to be. 
I was just like, I'll, like anytime somebody asks me to do like a, a show with them or whatever, I'm like, yeah, just you have to do everything. I'll talk because I already do yeah. everything for this. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I never had that responsibility. And I actually think there was some stress from that, too, because here I am trying to change a format of a show I don't really own that I'm not that I didn't build for the six years that these guys had the show prior to me. Um, and I just make dick jokes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really like and I think maybe I overstepped my my cachet with these people which is not the first time i've done this but all i really wanted to do was do the show i got offers to do shows like a hundred times like people would offer me money to go do other shows or start a show and i was like no i'm happy doing wrestling too because i love mission joey like i don't want to do this with anybody else yeah but but the reality was i didn't want to talk about wrestling all the time like me and mish would talk about comics on the patreon shows and it was like the highlight of my week you know what i mean it's like we're gonna talk about moon knight or or uh you know, or a true detective or something. It's like, you know, this is what I really yeah, want to do. You see that when it comes to podcasting, the same thing with like with this show, um, you know, once again, if I rule the world, shout out to George, moved to Vegas, finally dropping a new episode with Paul Bearer. I saw that this week. Uh, but, yeah. but with me for Red River, what makes it work for me is that I'm not like we're not talking about one specific thing. We'll talk to you and then we'll talk about Days and Confused and then we'll talk like everything that, that we like. <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, I listened to the Halloween. Yeah. Episode so it's like ago, yeah. like we there's nothing. It's like this total potpourri. Like we're not really I, I can't do something where we're specifically talking about one thing. Um, so I, I get it. Like you want to just, you know, like what you do with Break the 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 Apocalypse, which is, you know, your show now. Um, I feel like you guys you know, throw around a, a lot of uh, topics, you know, and it's, yeah. it's pretty, fr pretty free, uh, free form. Well, well, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, a part of me really wanted to drive the boat. Like, you know, I, I was, I had a life jacket on and I sat in the back and I don't know how to drive the boat, you know, so that was my role. And I was very comfortable in that role and I was good in that role. And, you know, we would do personal appearances. I went to Chicago to do a personal appearance we like, and there was just, there was Yo, like 30, let me, let me find out you're famous doing personal <laughs> yeah. appearances in Chicago. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, because the show is like the, it, we did one, we did a, a pre a, a midnight WrestleMania podcast and like 70 people showed up for it at the back of lucky 13. And we wrapped it up because I wanted to drink and I had a lot of friends there because I'm not in Brooklyn that much. And I go to take a leak and I come back and there's a queue of people and I go to Joey and I go, what's the line for? He goes, oh, to take pictures with us. And I'm like, in Lucky 13, I have yeah. to, like, people have seen me take pictures with fans and yeah. signing things. And it's amazing. You yeah. know, it was just like, you know, Chicago was great. We were going to do it again, but then COVID and all this other stuff. Uh, hey. We were going to have a big party. Oh. We rented a theater in uh, in uh, Tampa for um for the 10th anniversary show. A long, a long way from signing things at Denny's. That's all I know. Well, but that's the thing. And it's like, I love, I could have, but you know, I probably could have just shut my mouth and even wrote off this thing. They called it speaking out this thing about the rapes. And, you know, I probably could have gotten out past it. Yeah. But at the time I had other friends that I met in podcast. And I said, listen, I want to do a weekly show where I talk about my penis and cocaine and like, yeah. and like tell stories. Like, I just want to tell stories. That's it. And they were, they were like, yeah, let's do that. So who are these, uh, your two co-hosts? So Shaheen is actually, he's a graphic designer. He's done most of the graphics for tons of like indie wrestling and wrestling companies and for wrestling too, uh, called Nuclear Heat Graphics. Does he do the, yours, right? 
Yeah, he does ours. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, he does everything. It's so great. Like the cartoon he's cover. Amazing. It's fucking yeah, awesome. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, and look at that asset now. I got this amazing young dude who's like my fr- good friend, one of my closest friends, who yeah. happens to be a graphic designer who actually engineers the podcast. Yeah. And Brian produces the podcast. Brian had a, a um, B Show Brian. He, um, he had a wrestling podcast. He has a horror podcast. He's a horror nut. He's a horror enthusiast. So okay. it's like, and like Shaheen, you know, immigrated here from Iran, moved to Philly. Uh, you know, he's got an amazing life story. You know, Brian is like a financial guy with young kids. Like we have all like they're checking off all these boxes for me in life. Like, you know what I mean? And they, they were the reason why I was able to go do this. Like, I didn't really trust the other, a lot of the other people, not that I trust them. I just, I didn't know that they would have been able to let me run with, run with this the way that they let me run with this. And, and they, they were like, yeah, run with it, you know? And I was like, all right, but you got to do it with me. And they're like, okay, you know, just, you know, let us talk every now and then. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I guess you guys trust each other enough because, you know, once... The, the the funny thing about podcasting and, and, like, the stuff that you guys do, um, you know, is, you know, just like me, you know, like, I'm, I'm loose at the, at the lips because the way I talk in real life is sometimes the way I talk on a podcast and... Uh, you know, for better or for worse, it just seems like such a weird climate to do it now because people take everything yeah. so serious. Like, you they know, do. You know, it's they just, do. We're joking. It's only a matter of time before I get in trouble for the show. Like, we've, I've gotten in trouble with Soup. We've gotten in a lot of trouble before. It's inevitable. Uh, I've been called a Nazi. I've been called a libtard. I've been called a MAGA hat wearer. I've been called a Bernie bro. Uh, I've oh, been called everything. a dirty. I've been called a dirty Jew. <laughs> I've been called like I. I'm not even kidding. This is just like on a Tuesday. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's, it's, it, it's the way it is. You know what I mean? It's just, it's part of the gig. You cannot, you're not going to have a global audience and 2 million downloads and think everybody thinks you're cool. You, you're it's right. Not, not you're right. Cause the bigger the audience, the, the bigger that net of people, man, I'm telling you, we, you know, on a smaller scale, um, I posted something on the red river podcast, Instagram that got like I don't know, 6,700 likes. Jesus when, Christ. I know when like the, uh, like when I post about an episode, it gets like 20 likes. And I was like, <laughs> why did this fucking, why did this thing fucking like take off? And it was like, I, I said, um, I was talking about Williams Abka and I said that it was awesome to see him finally get his due in Cobra Kai because every movie this guy's been in, somebody steals his girlfriend <laughs> You know, whether it's like back to school or whatever the fuck. And the only time he ended up with the girl is when he ended up with the ugly Audrey in European Vacation, right? Yes, I did a busted Audrey. I thought that was funny, and I'm like sitting there, and it's getting all these likes. And then, of course, the more likes I get, someone's like, yo, that's not cool, man. That Audrey was sick. She had this. She's dead. And I'm thinking like, oh, Uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not. (laughs) Did I kill her? I'm like, I'm just trying to make a joke. And like the the, the more likes it got, like because it reached more people that eventually you're going to get like a handful of people like, hey, man, that's not funny. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, we run into that a lot. Like I, I had made a joke about Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, who was getting like plastic surgery so much. And I can't remember. It wasn't even that great of a joke. But it was like this like gay rights group hit me up and I was just like, what does this have to do with you? Yeah, like, I don't you. even understand. Like, like you're mad that I made fun of a, a woman with she had boobs. She kept getting these crazy boob jobs. And like, 
if you see pictures of her, she looks like a completely different person. I think I said they literally look like they cut this bitch's head off and put a new bitch on her head or yeah. something like that. Like something like that. <laughs> and they were like, who do you, who, who raised you to call women bitches? Yeah. And then this, this the, my favorite would be smaller podcasts or even big podcasts, virtue signaling being like, no men should ever talk about women. Oh. And I'm like, you clearly raped somebody in college. Yeah, you, like, you, honestly, you like, clearly like, did. What are you, that's what I said. What I are you like, running I don't from? Know. I said, I can't wait until whoever you assaulted in college comes forward in a couple of years. I really can't wait. Because that's my thing. I feel like if you project that, and I, I get really, to be perfectly honest with you, my big issue with this is with a lot of people in the hardcore scene now who like uh, I know very differently who are projecting themselves in social media now in their 40s and 50s as very different people. Yeah. Very different. And unless you have a time machine or you're going to hypnotize me and forgetting about some of the things that I know about, maybe you shouldn't get on a soapbox about trans rights. Maybe you're not the best guy to do that. You know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. Call me crazy. Always, always, like, I don't, you know. always touchy. But you know what? In the flip side and the devil's advocate to that is sometimes people do kind of evolve into like a different opinion. But it, I, I, it, Absolutely. And I'm one of those people. I'm sitting here in a cardigan getting ready to pick up my teenagers from fucking work. You know, that was not <laughs> I was banging 20 year olds in Detroit, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, you know, at my, Tell, my 40, telling my gay people girlfriend. telling gay people to act more hetero. <laughs> yeah, telling telling a, one of those celebrated singer songwriters of a generation to not be gay. Yeah, which so, I never really said that, but like I kind of intimated that. Yeah. But but I'm just saying, like I I I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about an evolution that's that's obvious mm. in the way you carry yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the you know we really need to look out for uh, uh, create safe spaces at hardcore shows, and I'm like there aren't any because you were killing everybody at the yeah. shows. Like what the fuck are you talking about? It's just like I don't like the hypocrisy. I don't like this. Listen. It's it's really getting on my nerves, like, and it's like I I I fight the urge to spew about it because it's just not worth it ultimately. But I, I don't I'm not taking more I don't take morality lessons from people that are devoid of morality. I don't do that. No, yeah, you know, for if, sure. If, and, and and like if, I, sometimes I like when I read certain people who are like my age. I'm thinking like, yo, unless you're like 15, like I, what kumbaya planet do you think you're gonna live on? I'm like certain things yeah. that you're fuck like it's just never going to be that way. So no, it's not. And these people know that. But I think in my case, it's, it's not just hardcore people. It's people I grew up with. It's people in the podcasting world. It's people that I, you know, even some people I was in bands with. I, they're pushing a worldview that's popular to get them attention. They're not pushing it because they want that to be the worldview, you know. And I also honestly think for a lot of men, uh, this is a way of them of distancing themselves from things they did that they live in fear of every day. And it, the reality is I tell everybody about my shit. So good come after me i have nothing i did everybody i i admit everything i've done it's terrible you know i don't i don't live in a world where i excused my the worst things i've ever done were really just cheating on people since i was like 10 you yeah. know what i mean but like that's shitty as you get older you have marriages you break yeah, up your marriages yeah. that's awful that's not good things that's you you don't you don't i'm not prophetizing about how great that is but like when i see people that i know carry themselves or have a, a life behind them of shitty behavior now scolding people on the internet for politics or worldviews or uh, dissenting opinions. And I'm like, what, where, when did you, what, did you get religion? Like, I don't like, did you absolve yourself of all your sins? Like, and that's the thing too. I don't talk about dating that much. I don't talk about relationship advice that much because I'm a terrible person to give that advice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I check myself like, you know, and I just wish more people would do that, especially when they talk about things that I know firsthand that they are being dishonest about.
Well, this, you know, these are the things that you could hear on Break the App and more. Uh, you know, John, yes, Break John, the Apocalypse. John, John will give you all this stuff and more. Um, so, yeah, Break the Apocalypse, uh, just like this show on a bunch of streaming sites. Um, it's everywhere. Yeah, you could download it for free everywhere. The the full shows are only available on Patreon. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You give you about Patreon. an hour and change. It's like a two and a half hour show. You get half the show for free every Friday. And then we move on to completely different topics on the Patreon show. Um, it's it's topical. We talk a lot about music, movies. I think we're going to do a, a big thing about Halloween. Well, we're gonna, Shaheen was actually at the riots in Philly. Oh, wow. So we're going to talk about um, fun at the riots. Okay. Uh, how to riot, you know, the, the joys of rioting, I think we're calling that episode. Yeah. Um, last week, a guy pulled a gun on him in a MAGA hat in a deli. Um, a guy with a Confederate flag. So we called the episode, does this Confederate flag make my ass look fat? Um, why did he do that because shaheen is a little bit of a thuggy guy he's he's a tough kid you know and he 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 sees a confederate flag he'll start some shit yeah 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 yeah. especially in because he doesn't because he he moved here from iran yeah and dealt with a lot of racism after 9 11 and and uh and uh being called a terrorist most of his life by people and it now he's you know he's 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 he considers himself a good citizen and he doesn't appreciate people having Confederate flags in the back of their trucks at the Wawa. And, uh, you know, when he said something to the guy, the guy flashed the gun at him. And uh, I, I, the first thing I said to him was, you know, had you got shot, this really would have helped the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the downloads would have been crazy. I said, I, I'm not saying I wanted you to get shot, I, but had you, I said something here. I was like, I'm wishing you may have got shot just because I could have done interviews. And it would have really helped. It would have helped the downloads. That's all I'm saying. I yeah. was like, next time, take a bullet. Well, you like, know, just time, t- just like one of those, like you know, uh, like Schwarzenegger type bullets that only like graze your arm. Yeah, it's it's he's he's a wild dude, man. He's but like I said, like he's like he opened my eyes to a younger culture, like what it's like to move here from, uh, you know, a, a, a country that we have issues with pretty much my whole life. Iran. I love and like yeah, I love hearing those stories from. You know, I love them. Like from, like when he talks about growing up. And, yeah. He talked about the first time he saw titties was in coming to America, and they, they only saw I know, black I heard that like, episode. It's amazing. I <laughs> yeah. was like, I was like, like you know, but it's just I, I love and like even Brian. Brian's a lot younger too, and Brian's like a little bit more of a square Midwest guy. But it's like you know, I'm going to be 50 years old. Like the fact that these two guys find me interesting, it blows my mind. Like, yeah. dude, you should have seen the fan base for these meet and greets. It was all young 20 somethings, like hip, cool, young, hip hop dude, like chill dudes it was like dudes that looked like they would like way cooler guys and like the biggest compliment i get is somebody half my age telling me is like dude like i don't know anybody your age that talks like you i don't know anybody your age that acts like you and like we actually even had an episode on the show where i told shaheen and brian i possibly could be their father <laughs> because because i was at banging status when they were born I was oh yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 i i you yeah. know i say yeah, that so I, but that's, that's... I say that all the time because like i was like 13 <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, but it's like that's the fact that I was so like even the wrestling soup fan base, man. Like I jumped in their chat by accident today on Discord, and people like Draper, Draper. Oh my god, Draper! And it's like these are like cool. These are not like some fat guys in a basement. These are like young, cool. A lot of these guys are. I met some of their spouses. Like they brought their wives, and they have good looking wives. I'm like, they're like good looking young guys who this is. They have no one to nerd out with. Like you know, they have nobody to like. Like we're we were reinforcing wrestling being cool for them because none of their friends really like it. So it was like you know, and even the guys I talked to in the UK today in York, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, 
they were like, yeah, we go to the pub and we'll just sit around and talk about wrestling. Because that's because yeah, we don't really like sports, and I'm like looking at these guys, like like one of these guys, like a really good looking young guy. And I'm just like, what they, really? They this is a, what you do at the pub? They talk about Lord Alfred Hayes or some shit. No, they like you know, <laughs> but they like a lot of you know what? It's very hipster, and this is something I'll blow your mind. Uh, but indie wrestling is a very hipster audience. Like indie wrestling, like the way indie rock is. Yeah, that's the way indie wrestling is. So you're just thinking that WWE shit. I There's just like indie yeah. Wrestling. To me, like I like my relationship with it. You know. um, my evolution just came from uh, wrestling, but then like once UFC started, it, it just seemed like a progression to me where I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna. That's watch. what I did, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I was a big UFC guy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch these guys be, and and like I get it, and and I get the the appeal and all that other stuff, but it's um, um, I have fond memories. I was a huge fan, <laughs> and uh, but you know, I just I I kind of moved on from it, and uh, so it's funny to like see. I listen. I know a lot of dudes that fucking still love it, and uh, good for. Oh them. sure, so do I. Um, but yeah, man. In closing, in closing, I just I just want to say, um, you know, what what are the chances <laughs> that twenty twenty one reunion happens? Well, before I do that, I want to give you the Zach Braff story real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I know you want to hear that story. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so, yeah. So somewhere along the line, are, are you familiar <laughs> with the band? Are you familiar with the band Weedus? Yeah. Okay, so Weedus are from Long Island, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. So a bunch of years ago, Barclays buys Lehman Brothers, whatever. And uh, I, I had hosted some fundraisers for Lehman, but they were small. So they want to make a good impression on Barclays. So they were like, hey, can you do this like big fundraiser for us? Now, mind you, I'm like almost 300 pounds at this point. And I'm smoking like a dragon, like, you know, like, and I, um, they have me do this amazing fundraiser that I write the whole thing. They give me a budget and the people at Barclays love it. So they're like, hey, we want you to do bigger fundraisers now at the, at the corporate level. And as as the time went on, I would do bigger, bigger ones in front of bigger groups and more departments. Somewhere along the line, somebody goes, hey, do you know the song Teenage Dirtbag? And I was like, oh, yeah, I know that song. It was a big song. They're like, yeah, do you know the guy who wrote that? He works here. And I was like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm sure he doesn't. Like, no, he he's he was in the band. He was he wrote that song with his brother. His brother's the singer. So I was like, hold on, let me do the research. So I look it up, and the drummer at that time was a guy named Pete Brown. Yep. So I was like, why does that name sound familiar? Well, Pete Brown was a guy I worked with at Barclays who we knew each other, but we didn't know that about each other. And then we we sort of discovered that we both had a lot in common. Only his career was way more significant than mine. And Pete, his brother, was the singer of Weedus. They started the band together. He left after the second album, got a job, got married, and went into finance. So he becomes one of my closest friends. And like I, he's, to this day, he's still one of my closest friends. And they did a reunion a couple of years ago with Pete, and I was there right in the front because I, I, he, he always made me promise, if I ever play drums again, you have to be there. He goes, because I talk about you to my brother all the time. He was like, you were somebody had, I can't believe our paths never crossed. You know, like you and me, I never believe our paths yeah, crossed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So in the interim of doing all this, I become like the corporate fundraiser guy. Like I am the guy. Like that's almost my full-time job. I'm doing voiceover work for Barclays. I do an iPad commercial for them in the UK with my, I, I would, um, you know, like you have system host. Like if you're going to learn a new system at a job, you have a tutorial. Yeah, yeah. You're that Well, guy. I did the tutorial. I did, yeah, I was that guy. You're the hologram. And I would make, I, no, I would like, nah, you no. know, <laughs> use the escape button to yeah, move yeah. on to the next round. Like that was me. Cause they got me on the cheap and they had me sign like releases saying that I couldn't get residual money because they were paying me a salary to work there. So I was in the studio at Lehman had a studio and Barclays had a studio in Midtown. And 
I was writing jokes for the senior vice presidents and making videos like those in-house videos that are supposed to be funny for fundraisers. I wrote all those. So we're doing this huge one at a place called the New York Beer Company in Midtown. Like, and it's probably still there. It's enormous. We rented the whole fucking place out, right? So I got a team of like 30 people I put this together with. I'm the host of this goddamn thing. There's going to be like 700 people at this fucking thing, like 500 people at this thing. And the heads of the heads are going to be there. So we get there at like 2 o'clock to set up for like a 6 o'clock start. That's how long this is going to take. And about 4.30, uh, they're still letting people into the bar to drink and eat. And I'm like, hmm, we're starting at 5. Why are they letting people in here at 4.30? Well, the person they let in was Nick Lachey with a whole bunch of people, the actor, whatever, singer, 98 Degrees guy. Singer, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that is, right? Yeah, he was, he was banging Jessica Simpson, which was the best thing that guy had ever been in in his life was that body. But So long story short, um, the, the the Barclays people go to me and go, hey, can you talk to the owner and see like why they're doing this? So I get the manager, it's a, a guy, and he goes, yeah, Nick lives around here. We, we got to let him in. And I go, okay, but we're doing a cancer fundraiser here that we rented this place, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have to leave at five o'clock. And he was, I was like, well, I don't know if I could do that. I go, well, if you don't tell him to leave at five o'clock, I'm going to tell him to leave at five o'clock because I, I, I don't even like, I can't even believe we're having this conversation. So like, I'm not like a tough guy, but in that world, I'm a tough guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not, a, I'm not a tough guy in hardcore or like, but in Barclays and Lehman brothers, I'm a tough guy yeah. because there's no tough guys there. So I have to do the tough guy shit. So it's like 5.15, and we're starting at like 6, I think. But we told people they can come at 5.30, and now it's getting crowded. And he's got this giant table with all these broads. So two of the girls that work there go over to him, ask him for pictures, and then they go, can you please leave? We're having a cancer fundraiser. He goes, oh, uh, uh, do you, how can I help with the cancer fundraiser? And the girl goes, well, you could help if you clear this table. <laughs> like, you know. So, But he doesn't want to leave. Like he's there having like dinner or whatever. So – I'm mad now. So then I go back to the guy. I go, the window is closing of me not going over there. And I guarantee you, if I go over there, he's going to leave. I go, no matter what, he's going to leave. So now the manager of the place is mad at me, goes to one of the head of the company that I work for. And they're like, throw him the fuck out. They're like, John, go throw him out. Because they're like, this is a cancer. We shouldn't have to ask a celebrity to leave a cancer benefit. So the last thing I say to the manager is, I want you to go tell Nick Lachey that in five minutes, we're going to call the New York Post and we're going to say Nick Lachey refused to leave a Leukemia Lymphoma Society benefit because he was having dinner, even though we rented the place out. Yeah. And I go, so tell me what you the guy goes there and begs him off. So now they're leaving and he's mad. And he I'm the only like guy in this thing. There's all women except for the man. So he starts pointing at me and making like these weird gestures. So I walk right over to him. He's very short. And I go, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I go. Yeah, that was me. I'm the one. I'm the one that said you had to leave. I'm the one. And he goes, oh, so you're the tough guy. I go, no, no, I'm not a tough guy. I just want to know why you think you're more important than a cancer benefit, man. Oof. I go, do you really? I go, do you want <laughs> Do you want like e-news? I go, is that what you want? You want us to call TMZ? Because we'll call them. I was yeah. like, it'll take two seconds. I was like, we're just going to take pictures of you and say you refuse to leave our cancer benefit. And he was like, well, I was leaving until this guy opened his mouth. And now like he's like, get, people are getting in between us. And now the heads of Barclays are showing up to this. Oh, that's so funny. And I think I'm going to get fired, right? And uh, instead of getting fired, they thought I was amazing. They were like, that was the greatest thing I ever saw in my life. Yeah. They were like, good for him. Now, as he walked out, he apologized to the girls and goes, I apologize to that guy. I shouldn't have done that. But he was, you know, he was getting a bit aggressive. 
And they were like, well, we had asked him, the company asked him to do that because you weren't listening. So I, he leaves, I, everything's great. I just picture you locking the door and telling him that he, now you can't leave. We're in the doorway, and I go, <laughs> I have my phone in my hand. I go, why don't we just call TMZ and we'll say that you're too good to leave the cancer benefit? You, why don't we tell him that? And then he starts saying, like, my mother has cancer or somebody had cancer. Like, you think I don't care about cancer? Like, you know, he's barking at me. And he's a short guy, but he's a good-looking guy. Like, he looks like he's in shape. You know, he's a good-looking guy. Uh, he looks like a famous person, Handsome but he's short. little devil. Okay, so anyway, so now I have, so now as everybody's showing up, they're like, did you hear Scandato almost fought Nick Lachey? That was the whole, and we have like hundreds of people there. The head of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society of New York is there. She's a lovely woman. I'm sweating to death. I got to host this this trivia night. I'm on, I'm like, I got to be on, like, I got to be like Robin Williams, like 83 Coke Robin Williams when yeah. I host these oh, things. Nice. It's just like, giving away prizes. It doesn't stop. Hours go by. I always lose my voice at the end of the night. So we end up raising a record amount. The firm's going to double it. The head of the firms are there. Everybody's happy. Now it's the after party there. So Bullets Over Broadway is a Woody Allen movie that's now a play on Broadway. And it yep. stars Zach Braff and Big Pussy from yep. The Sopranos. I forget his name. Vincent Pastor. Yep. So this is con- close to where the theater is. This is where they go and hang out every night. So what both people don't know about corporate fundraisers, and they're usually on a Monday or they're usually on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. But seldom a Thursday because people won't show up to work the next day. So that's why, because people are drunk and hanging out all night. So this is a Thursday, I believe. And um, now these guys, now uh, Big Pussy shows up to, with Zach Braff. It's like 1030. The party's long over, but we're in the glory. I'm basking in my glory. I've sweat like five outfits through at this point. And, um, you know, uh, my friend Steve, he's a young cat from Jersey, goes, Hey, did you see that's big pussy over there playing pool? And this is, by the way, this is 2014. Um, I was like, yeah, you know. And he was like, yo, I'm going to go ask him to take a picture. You think I should? And I go, well, let's see. Why not? I mean, it's not like a lot of people around. There wasn't a lot of people. It's a big place, but it's half empty. It's late. People left. Nobody's bothering anybody. So he goes over to, I see him have the conversation. And Steve walks away and he's almost like in tears. And I go, what's up, man? He goes, dude, he was so mean to me. I go, what do you mean he was mean to you? He was like, no, he just was like really rough. I go, hey, like I'm a Italian guy from Jersey. I, I you know, love the show. I, I would love to get a picture of you I could send to my dad. Sure. And he was like, nah, 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 not doing it like that. So I was like, you know what? Fuck these people. Because I'm already mad at celebrities, right? So yeah. I'm like, you know what? Fuck all these people. Fuck that shit. So I'm a little drunk. And by the way, I just was like the king of the universe this night. You know, so I feeling myself a little bit. So I go, I go, hey, uh, I don't want to bother you, man. I was like, but the kid came over here. He's a nice kid. He's a good kid. We just had a big fundraiser here for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. My name's John. We're from Barclays Bank. We just raised like a ton of money here. The kid's here all night. But yeah, just take a picture with the kid. What's the big deal? And he's like, come here. I want to tell you something. And he's eating wings. He goes, when I say no, it means no. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I go, okay, now you're being a little, I go, now you're being a little rude. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, it's a picture. He goes, if I take one with your friend, what am I going to tell everybody else? I go, no offense. I don't see anybody else asking you for a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he got angry with me. And I go, listen, I'm not trying to be a dick or nothing, but he's a kid. He never meets anybody. He's from fucking the middle of Jersey. He isn't, you know, this is a big deal for him. You know what I mean? He wants to get a picture of his father. He was like, I don't know why you, I keep saying no. And you keep asking me like that. So out of nowhere, no, Zach Braff, who I didn't recognize, comes in between us with a pool stick and goes, what do you think you're doing? Like that. And I go, what am I doing? I go, I'm not doing anything. I'm talking to this guy. He goes, 
why, you know, we got a problem over here or something? And I start laughing because I'm like, is Zach Braff starting some shit? Holy like, you know what I mean? Like, shit. And Zach Braff's a I big love, guy. Yeah, I love Scrubs. <laughs> so, but I, I'd never seen Scrubs and i never seen any of his movies. I just know he's a, a, an actor. I go, so right away I go, Zach, nobody's doing nothing wrong here, man. But you're coming over here like you want to do some shit. And he was like, well, you're the one fucking coming to my friend. I go, first of all, I'm, I'm not being rude to your friend. Your friend was rude to my friend. And I go, look, we were here for a fundraiser. You can ask the owner. We're not, this is like, I'm, we're from the, the bank. We've been here all night. I've been here since two o'clock. The kid asked for an autograph. And he goes, so why do you get to come over here and bother him once he says no? I go, because I thought maybe if I asked nicely, nicely, he would do it. And he goes, but you're still standing here. I was like, all right, now you're getting on my nerves. So now people are getting in between me and Zach Braff. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like, listen, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I don't, and I, I think I said something about Garden State under my breath, but I don't remember. I was like, yo, if Garden State wants to flex, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't, yeah. Because now everybody's watching. So it's like, I got to follow through with this, you know? So people get in between us. And then Vincent Pastor was like, listen, I don't want to take the picture. It's not personal. Kid, come here. Come here. He calls Seabro, goes, I'm sorry. I don't want to take the picture. All right. I'm sorry. I don't want to take the picture. All right. But I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude to you. I'm not trying to be a bad guy here. And I go, yeah, Zach, nobody's trying to be a bad guy here. Why did you come over here with the pool stick? And he goes, I'm playing pool. That's why I have a pool. And it's like, we're arguing like two guys are going to fight. And then I was like, Zach, the kid's not getting the picture. You guys aren't, you know, whatever. I was like, let's just fucking leave the shit alone. And then Vincent Pastor goes, shake my hand. And he goes, you know, these are good guys. They're good guys. And then he goes to eat his wings. So Zach Braff looks really mad. So I go, hey, uh, Zach. And he goes, what? I go, want to take a picture? And he was like, you fucking with me? I go, no, take, let's take a picture. And he goes, all right, I'll take a picture. Oh, like that, like so fucking with me. Fucking... And I have the picture somewhere. Oh, in my, Facebook my God. I gotta, and you can see he's see mad. That. I got to see and You that. can see he's angry. Like, he's angry. And then I was like, I'm just fuck with you, Zach. He goes, yeah, well, you know, I had to defend my friend. I go, yeah, but you're mad. I go, Zach, you're mad at me for you're doing the same thing I'm doing. Yeah. You know that, right? And he goes, yeah, but I don't know what you're saying when you walk over here. I don't know. I don't know you guys. You got to find that picture. And I'm like, to me. yeah, and you could see, but he takes the picture. And I'm like, and Steve was like, why do you get the picture after all of yeah. this? And Steve goes, do you know how much I love Garden State? And I was just like, wow. And then the next day at work, I'm not at work. And the whole offices are buzzing going, so Scandato almost fought three celebrities. <laughs> like, yes. like, and it was the most incredible thing people had ever seen. But it was just like it was just such a strange, strange set of circumstances. My uh, and then and then somebody told them afterwards, "Go that guy tried to beat up Nick Lachey earlier." My my friend uh, Keith uh, played drums in the band Aerotype Eleven at the end. Oh uh, I, yeah, I played a show with them too. Yeah, so like he he was the drummer. He replaced the original drummer. So I think they might have mm. just he might have played the last year with them. And uh, they did something called Farm Club. You remember Farm Club? Like yes, Matt I was Penfield on TV. Yeah. and maybe Ali yeah. Lart. I don't. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So I they, tried to get on that. They were on the same time that Ninety Eight Degrees was on, and uh, it's on YouTube. So it's funny. Like, uh, like I don't. Know, he just told me some. Like they were all kind of just at this yeah. table, and they were just like, "Holy shit!" It was just like this mixture of this world, and uh, I'm not going to get into the story, but uh, well, I, just, I remember. I think Pete from Weedus um what was at that thing and he was just like you're fucking unbelievable he goes because i tried to get pete to play drums in lament okay because i was like if i could get pete to play drums in lament that'd be amazing like for the 2014 stuff yeah yeah and like and, and uh and i remember he was like he was he goes wow he goes if you're gonna beat up celebrities what would you do if somebody said they didn't like the band and i'm like i don't beat people up dude these guys are just fucking idiots like 
because they're just so used to like talking down to people and people walking away, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to walk away today. Today, we're not walking away, Zach. Nah. But dude, he was down. I swear to God, I give him his props. He was ready to go. He was he, not fucking around. He was mad. Nice. Yeah, that's, hey, listen, not many people <laughs> say that. And I love, like, I'm such a, uh, I, I, I just, Scrubs is one of my favorite shows. And he, my daughter, Violet, loves Scrubs. It's just and great. I, and she, yeah, I, I, you know, I, 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 looking back, I could have handled that a little better, but I was so still mad at Nicholas. <laughs> and I was just like, what is with these celebrities tonight? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't you know what, Nick, Nick, Nick Lachey, I feel like out of everyone, out of the three stories that you gave me, I feel like Nick deserved it more than, than uh, Big Pussy. He did. Well, Vincent Zach. Pastor was a little bit of a dick, too. I mean, and he's an older, you know, older guy, like, you know, to you be know, talking like shit like that. Like, like, you know, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to take a picture. And, and it's Well, he of... tried to give me the hi-hat, like the Italian hi-hat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a WAP from Brooklyn, too, dude. Like, I, I, I know what the Italian hi-hat looks like. Yeah, I said no. What part don't you understand? I'm like, whoa, dude. Like, really? Like, whoa. Now we're getting disrespectful here. You know what I mean? And I had, you have to remember too, I had everybody that was there was looking at me. Yeah. So I had to, like, I had to double down. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? I already had such this great, crazy reputation there. And this just made me like an icon there. Like, no, say, yeah, you couldn't. You had to go. You had to put the pedal. You had to put the I, I, to I'll tell you, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, dude. I was a little scared of Zach Breff because I was like, he's going to hit me with this fucking stick. I'm like, he's going to fucking punch. He's going to whack me in the face with a cue stick. Yeah. And like, I'm going to have to fight Zach Breff, like, like fight him, like in public. And like, and it was funny too, a few weeks prior to that, um, around that time, uh, what's his face from Transformers? Um, he's crazy. The kid actor. What the fuck's his name? Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf was in one of the other venues we were using. He was the one he got arrested in for getting drunk and crazy mm -hmm. and punching the guy. That was one of the other venues we were using. So the running joke was, oh, Skidato probably would have fought Shia LaBeouf too. <laughs> like, you, know what I mean? you know what? Yeah, I, I feel like he would have definitely obliged you on oh, that yeah. one. Like, I think... No, he would have. No, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to fight anybody. It wasn't even like that. It was just like, you know, I, I didn't know, like, who thinks they're gonna wake up and fight Nick Lachey, Vincent Pastor, and Zach Braff? I, I mean, know, like that's it. You 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 were ready. <laughs> I was, uh, but but you know what, Sam? I was ready. Yeah. I was ready to go. I was so drunk. I probably would have just fell right on the floor and like not woken up. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, that was that, the, that was twenty. That was that was one of the last things I hosted. So that's that's fun because I know you said that you you know you you were like this game show host wannabe or wanted to be. Yeah. Um. What what were some of like your favorite game shows that? Yeah. I, uh, my family watched Family Feud. That was a big deal. Okay. Yeah. I my mom, it. I think, like Richard Dawson and, uh, Wheel of Fortune. And then I remember, like, the, the reruns of the 70s ones on during the day because they just had nothing else to put on TV. So it was like match game. And it was like, blank the, re the refrigerator. And I'd always be like, in my mom, like, fuck the refrigerator. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> password. Blank. Like, you will do. <laughs> Blank a doodle do, you know what I mean? It's like, um, um peep, yeah. So I used to watch that stuff. But I, I I loved all that stuff. I loved all the game shows. I did too. Um, I love uh, even now, like when I, when I think of like the newer stuff, like I think Deal or No Deal. Like every time that mm -hmm. shit is on, like it catches me, and I love it. I I don't know what it. All he all you're doing is like Howie Mandel is asking these people to to open up suitcases, and it's yeah. like, it's like so tense, but it, it just really works. It's a sweet gig. It like, is a sweet I gotta gig. Tell you, hosting like game show stuff, even like at the corporate level, like it's a sweet gig. It's just so fun. But you got to be on, like you're so on, like you have to keep it interesting for people. 
because yeah. people start like getting drunk and they're bored and they really don't want to be there. Some of them, and some of them are too drunk and some of them are too bored and some of them are like cheating on their wives. And it's just like, you have to have a balance in there. Like I, I definitely offended a few people doing it sometimes, but I remember the people that ran it for the company, were like, just go for it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. And I was like, Barclays is like an uppity British company. Like, yeah, yeah just don't no, no, Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Cause it makes it so much more interesting. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep making fun of people. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I wasn't saying sexist or racist things, but like, I would like make fun of somebody's tie. Like, you know, I was just like, you know, and I'd be like, now you look like somebody like there would be like a corporate stiff higher up person. I'd be like, now when I think of exciting people, I gravitate to you immediately. And it's the most boring person it's in the a, room yeah. and everybody's laughing. And I was like, now you're somebody who I think I could learn a lot from on a Friday night. So let's go to this next category. Like that kind of thing. It was like tongue in cheek. You know, it wasn't really meant to be like, so you look like a piece of shit. Let's <laughs> see if you know something, Tubby. You know what I mean? So I got my tongue up this chick's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's the thing. Like I, I did this when I was so fat. Like I'll show you a picture of me. I'm like literally killed over it. Like the buttons are popping off, but I'm in the zone. Like my head is red. It got a lot easier when I wasn't fat. That was definitely everything is a like lot a easier when you're when you're not fat. It, it is though. It is though. Dude. I played. It a, totally is. I lost thirty pounds last year, and we played a thirty-two song Halloween set, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> wow, how'd that go on your voice? Uh, fine, because we played all, you know, it's a Halloween set, so we played all covers, and okay. uh, everyone kind of just jumped on the mic for 32 songs. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've never done a show like that, to be honest with you. Oh, I've never even. So like, never, I probably would like it. At this point, when I was in my 20s, I thought I would be living in Vegas doing Smith's covers for a living. Never I was late. like, I, that was my goal. Never, that was my goal. Never too late. <laughs> no, it's still, it's, it's still doable. I yeah. just think, you know, Marcy's not really that popular with people, but the Smiths are. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do Smiths covers and I can just do Smiths covers for a couple hundred people and make some money. And like, you know, it's easy on the pipes cause that's below my range. So I can it do is. that all night. Yeah, yeah. You know, so really it, did, did, have you ever seen the tribute band sons and sons and heirs? I may have once. I don't know. I, I, it's, I mean, I've been a fan of this for a long time. I feel like I was at something with my brother. Yeah, I, 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 I would do it myself, but I don't want to see other people do it. It's just like you know, because then I'll be standing there judging it. Like, well, I could have done this better. Oh, they, you know they're I mean? really I, good. They, they play the. I know they're good. They play the Bell House like every think um, every Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had the singer from that do a different version of it at a thing I was at, and he was the singer of the Sun and Airs. Like okay. they flew him in or he it was like a one time special tribute thing after a Marcy show. Okay. I was at that. I remember that I think I might have been at the Bell House or something like that. Love the Bell um, House. That's the one like near the Gowanus, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. Like, I, it's like in the middle time. of you know, it's like Yeah, it's like in the middle of no nothing. Yep. Yeah, like where, where hookers used to be and pretty much. <laughs> yeah. On Second <laughs> Avenue down there. Yeah, oh yeah, I lived down there. Not there, but I lived near there for sure. Um, but yeah, you had asked me about the 2021 thing. Yeah, yeah. In closing, you know, like I know that we we briefly touched on it, and I don't know if it was like a secret or you know. No, it's not a secret. Um, I just haven't really done much because of COVID about it. I so, I, uh, I, you know, my my uh, my kids, my my wife's children, and my stepdaughters that I've you know been raising with her for years and years, and now they're getting into college and getting older. And I, between my tinnitus and my age, I just I would like to do like a show with my own material with stuff like that, which they never got to see. And like my wife never really got to see because we weren't together for like 25 years. And, you know, and a lot of those songs were really about her. And like, you know, I would like my children to see that. I would also like, you know, to do that, 
before I get very old and it's not really that impactful for me or like, you know, I won't be able to sing or hear or whatever. So I, my goal was in May for like my 50th birthday, I was like, well, I just want to play with Synthetic 16 and Five Cent Hero and some other bands that I'm friends with and never do this again. Like that was my goal. And I said that last May and half the band was like, yes, let's do that. But we thought maybe COVID would probably be over by now. So yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't know that COVID was here to stay, you know, for a while. So that that's in the back of my mind. Um, and that's what I'd like to do. Uh, you know, the album came out like 2001. So it'd be like the 20th anniversary of Your Water. And I would really like to play those songs, you know, for people at a time where I'm not drunk or fat or cheating or like a terrible human being does, I would... does five cent hero like did, did you reach out to them by any chance yeah oh yeah they were they were totally into it yeah 100 percent. Wow, like because i said it with them in mind and they were like yep and like they don't play either they the guys some of them are another band some of them are you know uh haven't don't play at all um you know so th the idea was that yeah we would absolutely do that in may what about the and like synthetic I... guys do the, any of them play still or not uh, well, Steve is, does, does the last stand with my brother, Mike, but he's oh, also okay. from shutdown. So shutdowns going to Europe. They were supposed to go this year. They'll go next year. They were supposed to do, uh, this is, they were supposed to do black and blue ball. I think this year. Okay. Um, that's about it. Uh, Eric Gutman was on, was in, was on Broadway and he has a one man show. Like he's, he's like this insane Broadway guy, uh, who has like this voice of an angel, but it's not a rock and roll voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and um, he has a one-man show that just aired on PBS called From Broadway to Obscurity. He oh, wants wow. to do it. Adam wants to do it. The people that didn't get back to me were the drummer, Wayne, and uh, Pete Frigoletti, I can't find. I wanted to do it with the full – I want to do it with everybody. I want to do it with, like, the three guitarists and everybody singing and, you know, my cousin playing bass and Eric playing guitar instead of bass. Like, I have a vision for it. And half of them are on board. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I could do it with other people and it would probably be fine. But I not for me, it wouldn't be fine. Like I would. The idea is that I would like to get on stage with, with these guys as the person I am now, since the person that I was, they clearly despised most of their adult life. Yeah. And I, I don't see why you would carry those grievances into your middle age. I just it seems like a silly thing for me, but it's not up to me, you know, and. You know, I was talking to my brother Mike about this, and my brother Mike was like, fuck it, play with other people. Like, you know, he was just like, play with whoever wants to play and then play with other people like everyone else does, and no one seems to have a problem with it. And I'm like, yeah, but I would have a problem with it. Like, if I, you know, if I did it with, like, Adam and, like, uh, you know, my cousin, and then it's like, well, Pete Fergaletti wrote a lot of these songs with me. He's not here. Steve wrote the other album. He's not here. Wayne, you know, played drums on Tony Stark in every song. Like, he's not here. Like that wouldn't really feel good to me, but yeah. I'm also, to be perfectly honest with you, I will not be held hostage by other people. Like I, that's something when you're in a band, as you know, it's, the, it's one of the worst things is, you know, and, and I know other people that are constantly held hostage by people in bands. And I swore that was not going to be me. Like I, I'm not going to be held hostage to other people. Like I'm just, you know, if I, if, if COVID clears up, which I don't think it will, but for a while, but if COVID clears up and we get a green light to do something and I make that attempt, that's the attempt. Like, I'm not going to beg you to do something oh, that yeah, would sure. be good for all of us. No, no, like, yeah. that's beneath me. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not, that is, that I will say, as e unegotistical as I am today, which is very, I'm a very humbled person. Most of my life, if I was around driving my children places and, and walking my dogs, um, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be humbled by somebody like who I, you know, that I'm trying to do a good thing with 
trying to do a good thing for who is mad about something from 1997. I, I can't, I just, I don't even understand how that would be normal. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live, live in that. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you're really no. still upset about something from 20 years ago, then you need to help. And, but let's just celebrate this together and never do it again. Do you know what I mean? No, no, like sure. that was my I'm, thing. I'm, I'm good at forgetting things, you know, like I'm uh you know, like uh, 24 hours later, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? You know? Well, that's what makes you a good musician too, because you, you, your art really relies on your relationship with other people. And my, one thing I've learned as an older person who's been sort of exiled from music in a lot of ways, but um, is that my relationships with those people were very bad because of me a lot of the time. So I own that as a 50 year old man, I will own that, but I'm not going to live inside of it forever because that is ridiculous. Like, yeah. you know, I don't see how that's healthy. You know, if you were mad at me in 2002, I'm sorry. Can we play a show and maybe rehearse for a bunch of months and have a good time together as middle-aged yeah. adults? With our children, can I, we do that? No. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know. So hopefully, I mean, you'll, you'll, you already know what's going on. Like you're in the know. Sure. You know, for people who don't know, if that does happen, you are 1,000 percent involved. Um, and um, you know, I, my brother Mike is really pushing me to do this. You know, and um, but he's always been like that. My my brother Mike for me, like he's always, always like he's because he he's like that. Like you know, Mike. Mike plays these shows and like they probably be shows that I wouldn't want to play, but I also did very different music from him. Like he'll go play a show at Niagara and it's like packed to death. And like, you know, it's all, and he'll, that'll probably keep him high all week. Like, you know what I mean? Even yeah. at like 46 years old, <laughs> you know, like, but, but I'm saying like, I like, no, I he's, yeah, he's, he's, he, yeah, for sure. Mike, Mike is, well, Mike the, is, Mike Mike is the real deal. Yeah, he's the real thing. Like Mike is at shows. Mike writes about yeah, shows. Oh, yeah, Mike supports completely. bands. Mike buys shirts. Yeah, Mike buys albums. Mike buys Mike. You you released a record on Friday. Mike bought it. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I remember somebody. I forget who it was. It was somebody paid him such a compliment to me. It was somebody big in music and said, "Like I love your your brother's work. At, like I wish people in my band had your brother's work ethic. Like I don't like. They were like, if your brother had three other people who felt that way about a band, like your brother would be huge. Like yeah. you know what I mean. It's just you know." But he's another one. He's probably been held hostage, you know, in a lot of ways by circumstances, too, because there's always somebody in a band, as you know, that holds up what you want to do or doesn't really want to do this or has a birthday party or Yo, has a brisk to go to or something. And it's just like, don't, don't open that wound for me, please. <laughs> no, but, 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 you know, but people, but yeah, a lot of, man, like a lot of normies don't know that. No, no, the, that's the life of, of a lot of us. And, uh, you know, especially as you get older. You know, I look, I look at the clock and, and like I told you, like I didn't really start playing till I was like 27. Oh, you were so close to not doing it. Oh, you know, so close. Out. I almost escaped, you know, like I was just oh. like, I was a drug dealer. I was a criminal. I was like just all these things. And then yeah. one day I was like, eh. I'm like, maybe I'll start a band. And we well, did. I, I could tell you, I could tell you without for anyone who's never heard me say this about you, but many people have <laughs> privately. Like you are someone who 100%, I think, embodies the, the, the kind of music I want to project to people mm -hmm. and the, the attitude I kind of want to project to people. Like, you know, like had you, had you been doing what you were doing in 2000 and we played a show together, by the end of the week, you and I would have had 20 phone conversations. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was like, even my brother Mike was like, 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 like you remind me a lot. And I don't want to say of me because I was just despicable. 
but like you remind me a I, lot I of me and what too. I, but I'm saying like, I, I, you remind me so much of what I wanted to do musically. And the other thing is you're extremely uh, diverse in what you put out there. Not like you, like you're learning cover songs that are kind of obscure and you're dropping like, you know, your low, low tier rap bands. So people know about them. But at the same token, you're bumping, you know, that thing you do, acoustic version that you want. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're, you're all over the place. I, I hit and play. I, and if, if if to me, like I, if I hit play, I either like it or I don't like it. That's it. Right. You know, like I'll now, listen are to you, anything. Now, now, I have to tell you, you're getting a lot of good looks from the single that came from the video and stuff like that. Are you, are you guys oh. happy with? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the EP is doing great. It, it, you know, the whole thing came out, what, Friday? And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it's you guys got to be happy because I'm seeing a lot of a lot of love there, you know, and I'm just like, wow, that's awesome. You know, yeah. I never was in it. I never put a record out with the Internet being so accessible. So I, I don't know, know right. Like, you know, believe me, I never this, got to do that. This is new to us, too. Like it wasn't until like 2018 where I was like, let me take a hold of like, you know, like I, I, I maybe, you know, we were just lazy. We would just put records out and it's like, ah, whatever, like whoever finds it, finds it. But it wasn't right. until like 2018 where I was just like, um, yeah, I'm like, let me open up an Instagram. Let me do this. Let me just. Yeah, no, know. dude, I, it's great stuff. And I and I genuinely really mean it because Lord knows I'm not big on the compliments. I mean, you don't see me out there going, look at this great thing. That's not great that I'm going to say that's yeah. great. You know, I don't I, I don't do that. I never do that. I I, I, I appreciate it for sure, because, uh, you know, like we're, we're, we're definitely on uh, on the same side uh, musically with a lot of things. And it's like, uh, oh, sure. You know, if you weren't in, uh, you know, what I say, Buffalo, <laughs> I know yeah. all, all of it. My brother Mike pointed this out a couple of years ago. He goes, that's a guy who you should have done a band with. Or if you were still here, you'd yeah, be playing yeah, music yeah. with all the time. I think, yeah, that would have been my, that would have been like my, like what we did back in the day. Cause yeah. that's what you need to do. I think you need to play with other bands. You need to, you know, I have nothing against treating your, your music like a glorified co-ed softball team. I really don't, or a bowling team, but make sure everybody knows they're on a bowling team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and that's the one thing I would always tell people in bands. Like, if you have aspirations, make sure you're sharing those aspirations. Because if your bass player thinks that this is just something to do to get away from his wife two nights a week or something like that, that's all this is ever going to be. You know what I mean? Or if your guitar player just thinks this is, well, I would, I didn't join bowling this semester, so I'm just going to do this instead. Yeah. Like, but make sure everybody knows that. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure that everybody knows that right from the beginning. This is what we're doing. The sky is the limit, and this is where the sky is. Yeah, so the sky. we're never gonna, you know, because <laughs> three know? in like three, four years, like we kind of realized we're like, you know what, we're never gonna tour, you know. Yeah. Um, we're gonna play local shows, and we're gonna make records, which we're gonna make a lot of, and we're gonna make mm -hmm. visuals attached to these records, and then in lieu of touring, in yeah. lieu of right, right, because of the internet, the internet like gets us to yeah. And then, and then what I also realized in 2018 after we put out 10 songs, I was like, okay. The streams drop after six. I'm like, we just wasted yeah. 10 songs. We're never going to put out 10 songs. Now we're going to do four nope. or five at a time. Singles, singles, boom, go old school, drop well, singles. Well, we were doing, you we, know, we, you know we, were do, we did four in October and like another five. And we, we just started demoing yesterday, four more. Oh, wow. When are those coming out? Um, soon. So oh Jesus! We're gonna do uh, that. That's a that's a big undertaking. <laughs> I mean, that's there, a lot of studio time. I have sixteen songs written, so it's like just a matter. Wow, of dude, yeah. dude, it was so funny. I think when we kicked this idea around, and I don't remember the specifics, but Adam, the rhythm guitar player, he's always ready to go. He lives in PA. You know, he's fifty now, 
And, uh, you know, he's ready to go. And I remember, I think he spoke to my cousin. I didn't even talk to my own cousin about this, about playing bass. And I think he spoke to my cousin and my cousin said to him, I'll do it for just like one show, but I'm not like doing a tour or anything. And I wanted to be like, yo, like yeah. you got to get that mindset. Like you're still thinking like I'm that guy like yeah. 15 years ago. Like I'm not asking you to like leave your families to go to, you know, Sheboinkin, like to play some <laughs> bar, like, play like, I, like where are you? Yeah. Like, where are you getting that from? Like tour? Like who, what, why, why would there be a tour? Yeah. Like, I don't even like, dude, you're bugging. Like, and that's the thing. I think when you don't really want to do something, you start finding the excuses before you actually answer. Absolutely. It's like, well, I'll do it, but I won't tour. And I'm like, motherfucker, nobody said you. No one you on said the road? tour. Yeah. It's like, wait, we just want to do one show. <laughs> I couldn't imagine anything more sad than like doing like a synthetic 16 tour. Like it would be funny, like in a way, like I get it, like a couple of dates, but like a bunch of guys in their like mid late forties with like teenage children, like <laughs> touring, like oh god, play, really? Play Phoenix one more time. Everybody's wearing glasses <laughs> and like nobody, like nobody, like has dairy. It's just no like way. oh, I couldn't. Even... I, dude, it would be the set. Like I would be so embarrassed for them to see me make like my kale shakes and my glasses. I'd just be <laughs> like oh. Like God, like I would, like I would be making fun of myself right now. Hold on, John. Like, you know, John's doing his morning yoga. We can't bother him. Yeah, it's like John didn't do his ten miles. We can't, we can't leave. We, we have to, we can't leave until <laughs> yeah. John does his ten miles. It's just like, oh my God! Like I used to literally get in cars with girls. Like I like not come back. Yeah, not like come back. we. I got, I got left two, not states away, but I got left. I think the cab was a hundred and seventy dollars. With me and the bass player from Five Cent Hero, we picked up these girls in a pool in a pool hall in Michigan. But we were staying in like Ypsilanti, and this was like closer to Detroit. It was like a hundred and something miles. It was like sixty miles from the hotel, and we were so fucked up. They left us there, and like these girls were like, "You guys got your own hotel rooms?" And we were like, "No, nah, we just have rooms with the bands." And they're like, "See you later." And I was like, <laughs> "So then we get in the we get in the cab, and the guy's not talking to us. And then we would get there, he's like, "It's one hundred and twenty." And I'm like, yo, it was $120. Like, wh where were we? Like, <laughs> we were in like Ann Arbor or something. And I was just like, it was like, what the fuck is that? And he paid it. And I remember that the, he paid. It. He was like, no, I, you, you were there. Help me out. I'll pay for it. And I was like, yo, you just spent like $150. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, we get like $30 a show selling like two t-shirts. But that's what I'm saying, like to but, go from that and then to be like, oh, like, you know, I can't see the lyrics. I have to put my glasses on and like somebody's wearing a back brace or something. It's like, oh, my God. Well, I couldn't imagine it. Hopefully uh, everything goes well. And, uh, you know, yes. even if it's like later in the year, I, I would love it. I yeah, think, it I think, might be. I mean, I think COVID it would just might, be like might. such a, a fun thing to do, you know. It would be. And, uh, you know, you would most certainly be a part of it, yeah. you know, 1000%. I mean, I have a vision for it. I have people that I'm waiting till the new year to even reach out to. Um, and it would just be like literally like a day of seeing cool music, like with people that have a lot in common musically versus, you know, it's like when you have a hardcore band or a punk band and you want people to see it in their squares, they're like, they don't want to go to that shit. No, you know, sure, and this yeah. is something, this is something like my grand, my, my grandmother, my, my, I don't have a grandmother. This is something like my, like my mom, <laughs> You know, or like my in-laws can go to, like you know, or something like that. And I would really want my kids to to see that. Like, oh, I want most my, importantly I, I, for sure. Yeah, that's honestly, I want my I want my 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 kids to see it. I want my girls to see it because it's just like, you know, I want them to know that like you could like this, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
you know, I, it's just it, in a way it's an ego thing because I do feel like I want to squash whatever memories people have of me that are bad with a really good show where I work really hard and I act like a human being, like a civilized, normal man. And I don't leave to go do blow or like, you know, get a blow job from somebody in a truck or something, Yes, you know, and like, as, and as I, fun that's, as, as fun as those two things are, it's just which are great, a different, which life. are great, different times. Yeah, and if you're a 20 something and you don't have kids or wife, <laughs> by all means, get the, by all means, do the Coke, get the BJ's, <laughs> you know, experiment with whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, I, it's so unbecoming of somebody, I think my age to like, try to try to pass that life off it's so silly it's just like i couldn't even imagine like i'm laughing but like that was so important to me and now it's like ugh, like i, I don't even want let me uh, do the show and go home like i don't even want to like it, i'm gonna be like embarrassed or something like if i don't do a good job well uh i'll pick up the phone in a second but like in closing i'm just gonna say amazing life Thank you for sharing it with us. It's going to be yeah, and I appreciate it. Man. It's going to be one, and I appreciate what you do musically, dude. Like I really am a fan. Thank you. You know, my brothers are fans. It's funny, like all my brothers are so into it now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Mark, when I was doing this shit. Yeah, you Mark, guys didn't like it when I was doing it. Yeah, Mark, because Jerry put it up, and Mark, because uh, I didn't really know Mark. I didn't really talk to Mark. And well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably wasn't on your radar. I don't think. No, nah, right? no, nah, but he was. But he's been super cool. You know, like anytime I post, you know, he's just very supportive. So. Well, he's the most famous one, so you you you're definitely you you lucked out. I'm like Tito to him. Yeah. Like, you ever see that Tribe Called Quest documentary? Where uh, um, yeah, of course. Which I love. I've watched it a hundred times. And anybody's Michael, Michael in the Rappaport. band. And uh, where Fife, God bless Fife. Oh, what a sweet man. Yeah. Where he's like, yo, like you know, don't talk to me like you know, like like you want to be my, you want to play like you're Michael, but don't fucking talk to me like I'm Tito. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's you know. Yeah, that's how I felt in a band a lot of times too. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't want nobody wants to be Tito. That was the you dynamic, know what I mean? like, man. Him and Q-Tip had that dynamic where, like, you know, what a great documentary. I could watch that a hundred. That and the um, I'm sure you've seen it, the national one. Uh, oh yeah, the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah mistaken for strangers. I was yeah. like bawling watching that. I swear to God, how, I was like in tears. What a trip that that one of the dudes like co-wrote the whole Taylor Swift record, the new one. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. Good for him. Like, kind of weird. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, you know, at this point, you got nothing to prove. Like, you know, you, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, look, I got a lot of friends. I'm sure you do too, talking about how Miley Cyrus is so badass right now. And it's just like, yeah, she's kind of badass. Like, you know, she's sings like a demon and she's playing good covers. And, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of badass. Listen, you know, I'm, I, I have no problem saying that. That achy breaky money came in handy. Like, it's, it's, sparked, yeah, it sparked yeah. her career. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It really was the Hannah Montana shit. But, like, you know, look at, you know, she's never going to be remembered for that. Never. No. Like, she's never going to be remembered for that. No it, matter what in life, she's never going to be remembered for that. And she she's going to be remembered for what like, she does. Just say, so, yo, nice having you on, on the show. Yeah, and, thank uh, you so much, man. And please check out Break the Apocalypse podcast. It's a, it's an irreverent comedy podcast. And if you can find Tony Stark songs, Synthetic 16 songs, Lament songs, I'll, I'll uh, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll I'll put I'll put some up. I wish they were on the digital so I could make a playlist. I know we'll get there. I did. That's part of the goal for next year. That's definitely something me and my brother Mike were talking about. Like you know maybe you could have, maybe help us out with that yeah, a little bit too would, going I, forward in the new year. I would love. But to. Uh, you know I I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to tell these stories.
Dark.